guys, I'm your host, Mary, and you're listening to Prologues. When my brain starts spiraling at a million miles per minute, I find it helpful to zoom out and remind myself that I am still at the beginning of my story. Prologues is a place to get really comfortable with not having everything figured out, but still trusting in the beauty to come. And whether we're talking about mental health, relationships, wellness, or just the absolute chaos of being in your 20s, I hope these next moments are your reminder to take life as it comes. On to the episode. Okay, guys, welcome. I can't believe that we're finally here. You're here, and after so long of wanting to start this podcast and having so many ideas for it and just really, really knowing this would be a big passion project for me that it's finally happening, I've been wanting to start this podcast since last summer because I felt like it would be so great for us as a community to have a space where you can kind of dive deeper into topics that deserve more than short form content really allows you to speak on them in. I'm assuming that everyone listening to this first episode is probably familiar with me and my content already, so you likely already know that I have taken a big step back from TikTok lately. Part of that is due to the fact that I really want to put my energy into these long form content pieces because I feel like we can just do more and I'm so excited for that. I feel a really deep connection to so many of you because I know that we have so many shared life experiences and thoughts and perspectives and I'm excited for this podcast to be a place where we can really connect on those things and I'm just excited to chat to you guys. I just have so many ideas and goals and hopes for this and I'm just really excited. Thank you so much for being here and for listening to this first episode. I think this is going to be my favorite platform yet and just thank you for being here. So I thought long and hard about what I wanted this first episode to be about and when I was coming up with this podcast name, Prologues, there was only one topic that really made sense to kick things off and to set the tone and the foundation for everything I want this platform to be and I'm going to get into that. We're gonna have a chat but before I do I wanted to give you a little bit of background about me in case you are a newer follower of mine or if you're just clicking on this podcast randomly. Hello, hi, welcome, thank you so much. So my name's Mary Skinner and I've been a content creator for a few years. I've had an interesting story with it. I'm from South southeastern Virginia. I have a really big family. My childhood was pretty unconventional. I was raised by big hippies in the middle of the woods and my childhood was also conventional because I have a lot of religious trauma in my background and those are two topics that I'm sure at some point we will really get into on this podcast. I studied English and linguistics in college and my first quote-unquote big girl job after college was being a writer and editor for the Department of Defense. And then during COVID, I started making content on the side just for fun. And I, I never, honestly, never thought anything would happen because of it. I was just bored in lockdown as we all were. And next thing I knew, it was becoming something viable for me. And so eventually I made the decision to pursue content creation and turn writing and editing into a freelance career on the side, which I'm really glad I did. It's allowed me to be a lot more creative than military contracting allowed me to be, unsurprisingly. And now I'm in the middle of getting a grad certificate at the University of Washington in publishing. My dream is to work in publishing. I'm also just still so excited and so blessed to be able to have you guys as a community. It's something that I value a lot. I'm currently 24 and I live in Nova, which is just outside of Washington. In DC. And something else that's really important about me that you should definitely know because I think all of my content across the board kind of alludes to this is the fact that I have bipolar disorder and OCD. So those experiences really shape a lot of who I am and my thought process, my perspectives. And they come up a lot whenever I talk about anything because I mean, those are my everyday experiences. I don't go a single day without 
something in my life being shaped by my mental health. So that's a super quick rundown on who I am and what I'm about. I'm assuming most of you know that already, but in case you don't, that's the background information. I want to explain why I've chosen prologues as the podcast title, and this ties in really heavily into the topic I want to talk about today, which is centered around the phrase, you have time. And if you've been following me for a while, you have no doubt heard me say that. It's something I think about constantly. I want to get it tattooed on my body somewhere because I remind myself of that fact every single day, and that phrase alone has saved me from many an anxiety spiral. And so prologues was kind of born out of a few things. I love this concept of having more time than you think and having more having more ahead of you than you have behind you and not running late and everything in your life working on its own timeline. And a prologue is usually a short introduction or a piece in a novel that sets the tone for the rest of the book. It sort of explains the setting or gives background information on the characters. And it's something that happens right at the beginning of the book. It's usually the first thing you read after the table of contents. And so when I'm thinking about this concept of having more time than I think, I come back to this idea that I'm at the beginning of my story, my life story. And what is at the beginning of a story? A prologue. So that's how the podcast kind of came to be. And that idea, that sort of guiding principle is going to be at the foundation of a lot of the episodes that I make for you guys, because it's something that I need to tell myself. And I think a lot of what this podcast is going to be is me talking about things that I think would be helpful for you to hear, but really things that I need to hear myself. So I think about this literally all day, every single day, and that is having time, needing time, feeling like there is no time. And the phrase you have time has been stuck in my brain for a really long time. And I know that's something that a lot of us really, really struggle with. So I don't know about you guys, but I have really struggled with toxic productivity and setting impossible goals and timelines for myself. And I've been this way my entire life. And I don't know if it's like the mental illness or maybe just me, but ever since I was a very young child, I was so impatient to grow up. I was so impatient to get out there and create a beautiful life because I was very deeply unhappy in my own head. And I mean, obviously now I know that I had undiagnosed bipolar disorder, but I didn't know that at the time. And I think back then when I was a kid, I really attached to this idea of adulthood because I thought that I would reach this point where everything just made sense and everything clicked and fell into place and I felt happy and fulfilled, like kind of like a happily ever after. And when I was a kid, I really thought that was going to happen. Like I would just get to a point in my 20s or in my 30s or something and it would just all make sense and everything would fall into place and I would know the kind of person I wanted to be and I would have habits that were amazing and productive and great for me and things would just be happily ever after. And that obviously doesn't happen for anybody. I mean, maybe it does. If that's happened for you, that's incredible. This is probably not the podcast for you. I mean, love that. Thank you for being here. But on my end, that did not happen. And you can imagine my surprise entering my 20s and realizing that I knew literally nothing and I would still feel like a baby. I mean, I'm 24 and I honestly feel like I'm a baby half the time and I'm, I pay my bills and I file my taxes and I'm married but I, I feel like I'm a Sims character going through the motion sometimes. Like there's this divine guiding force that's like 
telling me my actions and I'm just brainless inside and I'm just going through the motions and not even in a depressing way. I just literally have no idea what I'm doing ever at all. And I saw this TikTok once that said your 20s is like your new teens and your 30s is your new 20s. And I resonated with that so hard because even though I'm trying not to romanticize the idea of my 30s as a happily ever after, like I used to do with my 20s, I do just love getting older and every year when I turn a new age, I feel very grateful for it. And I can honestly tell you guys that I would not go back in time and become a younger version of myself for anything. I wouldn't, I would not do it. I would never want to be a teenager again. I would not want to be in college again. I would not want to be 21 again. Not because all of those times in my life were awful, even though I've definitely had really difficult periods. But because I just feel like with age comes so much beautiful growth and new perspective and I feel like a different person every single year, honestly every like six months, but I don't know, maybe that's weird. Um, I feel like a different person as I get older because I just learn so much more and I love that. I really love that. It's something that gives me a lot of hope and a lot of comfort and even though it sucks to kind of realize like, you know what, that happily ever after is never going to happen. Like I'm never going to get to a point where everything is just magically easy. I'm always going to need to do the work on myself and in my life in order to create the life and mindset that I want. But I just personally find it really comforting to look back at my own progress, even in the last like five years, because I'm turning 25 this summer, and to just see that all in all, things are getting better for me and things are getting better in my head, mostly. And <laughs> I mean, I'm always like going to have bipolar disorder, I, I guess, and OCD, but I'm learning how to manage it so much better. I'm healing. I'm unlearning bad habits and creating new ones. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know that I've had so much growth as a person and that brings me a lot of comfort. There is this absolutely ludicrous and unrealistic expectation placed on young adults to just know what they're doing. And if you go to college, chances are you're picking your major and directing your entire life path when you're like 18 years old. And how are you meant to know what you want to do for the rest of your life when you're 18? Like there's absolutely no way. And then there's also the stigma surrounding not going to college or attending community college or moving back home with your parents after you graduate. Or honestly, there's a stigma against anything that you could do to give yourself time and grace to figure life out. And that's so looked down upon. And I know that a lot of the things I'm talking about right now are privileges because it is a privilege to get time to figure life out and way too many people are forced to grow up overnight and they don't have that luxury of sort of directing their own growth and growing at their own pace. But if you have taken that quote unquote traditional route, you have probably had to make like really rapid fire decisions about your future and what you want it to be and what you're doing with a comparatively really small amount of life experience. At least I know that's how it has been for me. And if you're like me, you really internalize that pressure and put it back on yourself. And that just makes everything like 10 times worse. And then if you add in things like maybe a toxic relationship or bad mental health or finances, everything just sucks. And it's so confusing. We're told our whole lives that your 20s are meant to be this glamorous, super fun decade where you enter adulthood with a bang and everything is glittery and amazing. And we just live in this culture that revolves around comparing yourself in those ways. And it's just not true for everybody. 
Like if like if you're listening to this podcast right now, that means you have internet access and probably a phone, which means you probably have TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, Be Real, YouTube, Pinterest, Lemon Eight. Now that's a thing. And I like as a content creator and as a consumer of content myself, I literally cannot remember the last time I interacted with one of those apps without comparing my life to another person in some way, sometimes not even a self-loathing way, just in some way. It's so ingrained into our daily routines and our daily world. It feels as natural as breathing and you're probably not even conscious of all of the ways that you're doing it. But if you get really honest with yourself and you take stock and you do some reflection, when was the last time you scrolled on social media and didn't compare your life to someone else's whatsoever? Like at all whatsoever? It's like tough. It's really tough to make that realization about yourself. And I mean, I know I, I make that realization all the time and it makes me feel even worse about myself to know that I'm getting caught in the comparison cycle, which... It doesn't help me at all, but it's part of our lives now. And honestly, social media is not going away. So we just need to learn how to relate to it in a, in a healthier way. And I think a lot of that comes down to cultivating a mindset shift, which is something that has to be done very, very intentionally. I'm going to share with you guys a couple of ways that I've brought about that mindset shift in my own life. I hope some of these things resonate with you and feel applicable to you in your life. I don't want to compare experiences at all but I do know that because I do create content I really get stuck in that comparison cycle and these are things that have just helped me and hopefully they help you too. I have really really found that setting very strict boundaries is the number one most useful tool for me and I I feel like boundaries is one of those things where it's like yeah like everybody says that like it's like a celebrity saying no like my skin is so good because I drink a lot of water and we're all like really? Is that it? Are you sure? And I feel like that's how like boundaries kind of sets off that same, that same association in my head. But I swear to you guys, okay, like having strict boundaries is going to absolutely change your life. And in the last several months, I've put some really strict boundaries around the way that I engage with all forms of social media. And I've really seen an improvement with my happiness and my sense of fulfillment. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you to like get off the apps or anything. But I do really advocate on all of my platforms, even as an influencer, I really advocate for having a very intentional relationship with it. And so this is what I do personally, and this is what works for me. This first bit is going to be about social media boundaries, but then I'm going to talk about a few other things that have really helped me. So number one, when it comes to social media, just being so intentional about your relationship with it and curating an experience that makes you feel good and doesn't make you feel like shit. Because if you think about it, this is your own damn phone. Why are you made to feel like your life doesn't compare to others? Why are you made to feel bad on your phone? Like, I really believe that social media, to the best of our ability, should be something that doesn't bring unhappiness and feelings of inadequacy every single time you log on to an app. So ways that are really helpful for me when it comes to setting boundaries are using the mute button liberally and also really utilizing the do not disturb feature as well as just main you know watching your screen time in general so the mute button oh my god you guys i love the mute button i wish every single social media platform had the mute button i really wish tiktok did because sometimes and maybe this is just a me thing and if it is maybe i need to unpack that in my own life but i'm pretty sure everyone can relate to this when you have a mutual on social media, it feels 
awkward to unfollow them. It also, it feels rude almost, especially if you've been mutuals for a long time. Like maybe you don't care about that at all. And if you don't, kudos to you. I don't know. I do. I know that if I were mutuals with someone for a really, really long time and then they unfollowed me out of the blue, I would probably maybe feel a tiny bit bad for a second or I would at least question it. And again, that's like my own problem. But I feel like we can all relate to that. Even if it's someone from your past that, you know, maybe you were close friends in high school, but you haven't talked in seven years and they're doing something different with their life than you are. And it traps you in this comparison cycle and you don't want to unfollow because you don't want them to feel bad. A lot of the times when it comes to this, there's nothing personal going on at all. It's just, again, you deserve to have a social media experience that doesn't make you feel bad. So whether it's someone that you know in real life or someone that you have followed because of their content creation or an influencer, I mean, I would say if it's an influencer, just unfollow. I definitely have done that before, especially if like I follow a content creator or influencer when they're in a certain phase of their life that I find more relatable. I mean, I don't I don't have to find every influencer I follow to be relatable, to be honest. I mean, I don't feel like I need to relate to every single influencer I follow. But if it's someone that makes you feel bad, if it's someone that makes you feel shitty about yourself, makes you feel like you're not doing enough, maybe it's an influencer who's younger than you and you feel like they're doing more with their life than you are, which they're not, by the way. Everyone's journey is different. Everyone's path is different. But if it's something that makes you feel bad, there's nothing wrong with unfollowing. And if it's someone you know in real life and you feel like it would be weird or they would question it if you unfollow them, the mute button. I'm telling you, I love it. I do it all the time. I mute people's stories, their posts. If it's someone that I compare myself to, or I mean, even outside of like the topic of this episode, if it's just someone that like you don't care to see their their posts anymore, like that example of, I don't know, like a high school friend that you just don't really need to see what they're getting up to anymore, just mute. I'm telling you guys, take a couple minutes this week and go through your following list and pay attention to those names that jump out at you as just people who don't make you feel good. You should only be seeing content on your For You page or your following list or your Explore page or whatever that makes you feel good about what you're doing with your life and encouraged in general. And I also remember that if I feel jealousy, which is a very normal human emotion, if I feel jealousy or like I'm comparing myself to someone else, that's an issue in me that I need to address. That's like an inner child wound or it reminds me of a triggering experience or it triggers a feeling of inadequacy that I have because of something in my past, but it's a me problem. And so when I feel bad about myself, if I feel like I'm not doing enough, I haven't achieved enough, I'm not on track, I'm behind, that's something that I need to look at in my own life And I need to write down a list of why I feel that way, what moments in my past or in my childhood may have led to me feeling triggered in that moment. This also is getting into like shadow work and inner child work, which we'll get into later at some point on this podcast, I'm sure. But that's really helpful. It's really, really helpful. So use that mute button and also definitely remember that someone else finding success does not mean that there isn't enough success to go around. Like some somebody else's wins are not your losses and somebody else's triumphs are not your defeats. 
There is not a limited supply of success and fulfillment in this world. There is enough for everybody and someone else's gain is not your loss. And it's hard to reprogram your mind to think about that. I feel like we live in such a competitive world and social media really exacerbates that, but it's not true. There's enough success in this world for absolutely everybody. And honestly, once you get to a place where you feel gratitude for the things you've done already and you're able to feel proud of yourself for the for how far you've already come you can kind of get to this place where you feel so thankful for your own journey that you feel less inclined to compare in the first place so use that mute button think about who are you following that doesn't make you feel good and i'm telling like i want this for all of us so bad and so honestly if that's me please unfollow me or like please mute me like i don't ever want my own journey to make anyone else feel bad about theirs so i'm telling you guys like i care more about your well-being and your happiness than about my follower count so if that's me please unfollow me i'm so serious right now <laughs> another feature that's really great is the do not disturb feature and i have an iphone so i'm specifically talking about iphones i'm sure something else like this exists on other phones this is more so a tip for having a good relationship with social media in general but i feel like it's applicable to this topic because social media is such a source of comparison so the do not disturb feature on the iphone has a bunch of different options and you can curate each one so there's like a work setting and a sleep setting and a focus setting and a personal setting and you can kind of go through and customize which notifications you'll receive on each setting. For mine, for sleep, it filters out everything. And then I think the focus one filters everything except phone calls. And then on my work setting, I'm pretty sure it filters everything except phone calls and then texts from my parents, my best friend, and Matthew. And then I think the personal one just filters out all social media and email notifications and then it leaves like everything else. And when I say social media, I mean specifically for me, the social media that I work on, like it doesn't filter out Snapchat notifications because I don't create content on Snapchat. So if I get a Snapchat, I know it's from a friend and not work related. And so I, I'm pretty sure I'd have to go in and check actually, but I'm pretty sure that my personal filters out all of those. And I switch between those, like those DND settings all day. And it just helps me make sure that my phone isn't constantly lighting up with things that I don't need to immediately see. And it limits the amount of anxiety I have surrounding my phone in general. And it just helps me have more boundaries because like if I get a random social media notification and I see my phone light up, I'm more likely to immediately click on it and then maybe get stuck scrolling. And next thing I know I've wasted time and I'm ignoring my tasks and I don't feel good and all of those things. So if I don't see my phone light up, I am way less inclined to reach for it, especially in the evening. I love having Do Not Disturb on because your phone is so stimulating, at least for me. I feel like the colors and the noises, the constant stream of content to be consumed, even just, you know, getting like if you get a ton of texts all of a sudden in a group chat, like a group chat's popping off or something, but it doesn't require your immediate attention. You don't have to give it your attention. It's okay to devote certain amounts of time in your day to catching up with things, replying back to people, checking your notifications, you know, commenting on your friends, fire Instagram posts. Like it's okay to have boundaries around the times in which you do that. So those are definitely two of the biggest ways that I maintain boundaries surrounding my phone. And those have really helped me get out of that trap of thinking that I have this ticking clock hanging around my neck 
which is not true. Another thing that I think is really helpful is changing the people that you're comparing yourself to in the first place. And what I mean by that is if you're going to compare, if you're going to draw inspiration from people or use people as your expanders, which is a term that's really popular in the manifestation circles. Basically, an expander is someone that has things that you want, but you don't relate to them from a place of envy. You relate to them from a place of feeling inspired by them and seeing that, you know, this person has achieved what I want to achieve. So that means it's possible for me. I have multiple expanders that I follow on social media. And when I see their posts, I usually don't feel bad about myself. And if I do, again, I have to like check myself and work on my own mentality. But usually when I see their posts, I just feel inspired and I'm reminded that that's what I'm working towards. And so I would definitely encourage you guys to intentionally follow people that make you feel inspired and make you feel encouraged. And I was looking up the other day lists of women who didn't find what we would consider to be success until later on in their life. And I want to share a couple with you because I just think this is so inspiring. I feel like with things like the Forbes 30 under 30 list or, you know, overnight success stories that we see, it's really easy to think that your 20s are your make it or break it era and they just aren't. And so I want to share this list with you guys. These, This is a list of people that found success later on in their life. So the first one's Judy Dench. She played M in the James Bond series. I don't know if we have a ton of James Bond fans listening to this podcast right now. I like James Bond for sure. My husband, Matthew, is a humongous James Bond fan to the, to the extent that sometimes when he talks in his sleep, I can tell that he's like dreaming about James Bond. He absolutely loves it. So Judy Dench plays M. More exciting to me is the fact that she also plays Lady Catherine de Bourgh in the 2005 Pride and Prejudice adaptation with Keira Knightley, which as you guys know, is in my top two favorite movies of all time. It's my ultimate comfort movie. I'm literally obsessed. Anyway, Judy Dench, she didn't get a starring theater role until she was 34. And she didn't really become like a household name in the U.S. until she was in her 60s because that's when she started playing M and James Bond. And that's when she became a U.S. household name. She was already in her 60s. And she was 34 when she first got her starring theater role. And she's been in theater for over 30 years. So I love that. Another one is Viola Davis. She didn't get her first big movie role until she was 43. And when I think of Viola Davis, I definitely think of How to Get Away with Murder, but she didn't get that role until she was 49. She was in things before that, but I feel like How to Get Away with Murder definitely kind of skyrocketed her a little bit, and that was when she was 49. So I didn't know this one already, but I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Ray Ann Silva, she's the CEO of the Beauty Blender Company, and she created the Beauty Blender. But that didn't hit Sephora until she was 52 and now she's in her 60s and she's the CEO of like a major, major beauty brand that rakes in millions upon millions and millions of sales every year and she's in her 60s. And I personally didn't know about the Beauty Blender until it hit Sephora and she was 52 when that happened. Another one that I really, really love is Brene Brown. If you have not listened to Brene Brown's TED Talks, you definitely should. Her podcasts have been amazing. If you don't know who Brene Brown is, you should stop listening to this immediately and you should go look her up because she's just incredible and I have found so much value in her teachings and her in her perspectives. So she was in her 40s when her TED Talks really started popping off and since then she's become a household name. 
She has authored six books that have been New York Times number one bestsellers. She's also had two podcasts and an HBO Max docuseries, and that's all been since she was in her 40s. And then the last one I have is Lucille Ball, which, and I would say Lucille Ball is one of the great like American icons in the entertainment industry. And I didn't know this, but she was 40 years old in the first season of I Love Lucy. I grew up watching I Love Lucy because I definitely had a thing for really old movies and old TV shows when I was younger. Like, I was obsessed with the Marx Brothers and Abbott and Costello and Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers movies and just everything like that. Like, Singing in the Rain and White Christmas and, and that kind of thing. And she was 40 years old in the first season of I Love Lucy. And there are so many more stories like this. And if you're feeling down about your timeline, I'd so encourage you to just like type a little quick Google search, you know, women who found success after their 20s. Take a second and read through and realize that we're so young and there's so much time left. And probably most of us have not had our best idea yet, have not had our, our most fulfilling job yet. I mean, if you have, I'm so proud of you and I'm so happy for you, but I just know in my life that I feel like I'm on an upward trajectory and I feel like I'm finally getting to a point where I'm starting to understand the direction I want my life to take, but I know, I know that I haven't had my best idea yet. I know that I haven't had my peak yet or my happiest moment. And I can see that because when I look backwards in my life, I can see how much has changed for me already. And I know that that's just gonna continue to happen. And that's something else that's really helpful for me is taking stock of how far I've already come and just acknowledging that there is no reason for me to believe that my growth is stopping now. Like there's no reason for me to believe that. It hasn't been true so far in my life and it's not true now. And that's the, the same for you, like I promise you. Something else that's really fun to read about and something else you should give a quick Google. Women who find more sexual satisfaction later on in life. This is fascinating to me. I think because our culture has such a strict beauty standard surrounding like women as they age and there's such a double standard as well because like why are men called silver foxes and yet we treat women in their young 20s as if they'll never be hotter than they are right now because I just literally don't think that's true. But research has continuously shown that women enjoy sex more and have better sex the older they get. Isn't that amazing? You could have the greatest sex life in the world right now, and I love that for you, but think about the fact that it's just going to keep getting better. Like, it's just going to keep getting better and better. And I see that in my own life too. Like, I definitely am having better sex now. So I want to read you a little excerpt from a study, and I'll link this article in the show notes so that you can go read it for yourself. You should definitely read all these things for yourself, but I want to read you just a couple of little clips. So this study surveyed 806 women, and here's a little excerpt. Regardless of partner status or sexual activity, 61% of all women in this cohort were satisfied with their overall sex life. Although older age has been described as a significant predictor of low sexual satisfaction, the percentage of sexually satisfied women actually increased with age with approximately half of the women over 80 years old reporting sexual satisfaction almost always or always. Not only were the oldest women in this study the most satisfied overall, those who were recently sexually active experienced orgasm satisfaction rates similar to the youngest participants. Okay, so like if our sex is just going to keep getting better and we have the opportunity for our careers to just keep getting better and better, plus the fact that as you age, I feel like you're able to take more perspective out of your life and you're able to really heal from things in your past. You become more aware of yourself, more in tune with yourself. I just don't feel like for me, I've had my best years yet. 
And I'm not like sitting here and complaining about my life right now. Like I'm not, I'm like not at all. I'm just saying that there's no reason for me or for you to feel like if you don't have it all together right now, you're never going to have it. I'm almost 25 and I don't know how long I'm going to live. I hope I have a really long and healthy life. But comparatively speaking, I'm not even at half of my overall age yet, you know? I don't know what percentage of my like total lifespan I'm at yet, but it's less than half. And this time I'm not going to be spending like 18, 20, 23 years just growing up and like developing physically and mentally, waiting for that frontal lobe to kick in. Also sidebar, I swear to God, you guys, ever since the start of this year, I have felt that frontal lobe. It's, she's coming. I feel like she's like, 80% there. I feel like my mindset and my perspective on things has grown so much just in the last six months and I literally feel like it's because I'm turning 25 this year and everyone always says like 25 for women is that age where the frontal lobe really fully forms and I feel that and I love that. I've lived for less than half of my total lifespan at this point but so much of that time has just been getting to here like it's just been growing up other people who i know in real life that helped me have this shift like shifting topics completely right now um are my own parents actually like my parents are in their 60s now and my dad is retired and like i said at the beginning of this episode i have five siblings and so my parents started having kids when they were in their mid-20s and they devoted their entire lives to raising children like they had kids in the house and were actively raising kids for 30 years which is so crazy to me that's longer than I've been alive but now all of the kids are out of the house and my dad is retired and as I'm recording this right now my parents are actually on this really beautiful hiking trip in Ohio I had no idea the Ohio wilderness was as stunning as it was but it's so beautiful and they're there right now I actually my phone just lit up with a WhatsApp notification from the group chat. I think my dad is like sending more photos of how beautiful it is. And they're there because they plan on spending retirement traveling, backpacking, camping, hiking all over the United States, seeing all the national parks, just living life, like living life to the fullest, having all of the adventures that they didn't necessarily have when they were younger because they were raising me and my siblings. And they're in their 60s now. And they're like, they're living life. And that makes me so excited. Because it reminds me that there's no reason to automatically assume that once I get old, I'm not going to have fun anymore. Something else with the timelines is recognizing that you can change careers so many times if you want. And you don't have to stay stuck in one thing forever. And there's enough time to do that. Like, I don't know how long I'm going to be a content creator because, I mean, I could wake up tomorrow and no one could care about anything I do or say or post anymore. So, I mean, I hope that doesn't happen, but, like, it could happen theoretically. The internet is, like, really volatile and social media, you know, people come in and out of relevance and there's, it just happens, you know, like, it's just the way it is. But let's just say, like, I am a content creator until I'm 30. I do this for five more years, which would be like eight years total. I could do that. I could have an eight-year career as a content creator slash influencer as I'm doing like my my freelance writing and editing and stuff. And then I could transition into publishing, which as you know, is a dream of mine. And I could do that for 15 years and have a wonderful career and feel so fulfilled and achieve a lifelong goal of mine and then be 45 and then get my PhD and spend 10 or 15 more years being a university professor like you know a crotchety old English professor with a cardigan and like the kind of professor that doesn't care if students show up hungover to class and has like open office hours and provides like really wise life advice I would love to be that I had that professor when I was in college and they helped change my life and I would I would love to be able to do that for 
you know, the, the minds of the new generation. And I could do that for 10 or 15 years and then be 55 or 60. And then I could decide that I want to, I don't know, own and operate a bed and breakfast in the rural countryside of some stunning European country and then do that. Like there's so much time. I have so much time and so do you. And that is really the guiding principle of this podcast. It's one of the most important beliefs in my life. Like it's it's honestly one of my most guiding values and I just really hope that this resonates with you and it makes you feel good and it makes you feel encouraged and it makes you feel like you're not stuck, you're not behind, you're not running late on anything, you're not a failure. It doesn't matter if your life doesn't look exactly like someone else your age or younger than you. It doesn't matter. There's enough room for all of us. There's enough success to go around and there's so much time. Okay, so I think that about wraps it up. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I really hope you enjoyed this first episode of Prologues. I have so many exciting episode topics that I can't wait to record and get out for you guys. We're gonna talk about literally everything, but if you do have a topic that you would love for me to talk about, definitely DM me or you can email the podcast email. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Also, feel free to email life questions or situations that you would love to hear my perspective on. I mean, not that I, listen, what do I know? But if you would like me to do like Q&A episodes or girl talk kind of episodes, please always know that you can, whenever you want, email that podcast email. And I think I'm going to do maybe like bi-monthly Q&A episodes or however often you guys want. Let me know what you would like me to talk about. Also, this is the first episode. I am literally sitting on my closet floor (laughs) with my laptop and my microphone perched on a desk riser because I figured my closet was the most internal room in my apartment and all the clothes in here would help provide some soundproofing and and there wouldn't be echo. But I'm literally sitting on the floor right now and this is my first time recording and editing a podcast. So if you have any really constructive criticism or feedback, I would definitely like to hear it because I want this to be so amazing for you guys. I'm so excited for what the future holds. I have so many goals and I know that I'm ready to put the work in. I'm just ready to really embrace this, embrace this journey. And I am so grateful to all of you who have listened and who have supported me so far and who are continuing to support me in this new chapter of my life. I love you guys and I will talk to you so soon.